Welcome to the Renaissance Podcast. If you would like to participate in online worship, sermons, and children's programs, then check out the Renaissance Church at Home page at rendicator.org. Now, let's get started. far, you know, Sesame Street fans, anybody? Near? Far. Yeah, so whether you're near or far, we're happy to have, that's the stuff when you record it ahead of time that gets cut out. So, um, but we're live today, so Laramie, that's in. Um, Good morning. I'm so excited to see you guys. Uh, We're continuing our coffee mug theology you know, some, sometimes we'll, we, we talk about coffee mug theology. You know, those verses, that prop that I forgot, you know, to put out here. Uh, you might have a, a mug that says a scripture, your favorite scripture verse on it, or a saying, or, or something like that, right? And, we, and we've been going over some of these sayings. The first week was, delight yourself in the Lord, and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Well, what, does that even, what does that even mean? We dug into that last week. Uh, see, I'm not even going to recap for you. You're going to have to go back and watch it, right? So last week was Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. That's a good one. You're going to want to go back and see that one. So we've been doing these, uh, these, these verses that we put, you know, we'll put on a mug. But what do they mean? Because sometimes they're, well, almost always they're in a chapter. And their verse has been taken out and slapped on a t-shirt, slapped on a mug, slapped on some, a bumper sticker, right? Some Hobby Lobby art. And sometimes they can really lose their true meaning. What did they originally mean? What are they really saying? And so today we're going we're gonna to continue that. Um, I don't know if you're like a, a Chip and Joe, you know, the, the Wackos in Waco, Texas. The, oh, we got, oh, okay, we got some Chip. I'm actually a fan. You know? they're, like, they're like faith-filled people who love design and flipping houses. And, and, but the, she'll, she'll use a lot of like one-word phrases, right, and hang them on the wall. And my wife has kind of gotten into that a little bit. In fact, you know, I walk in my kitchen and I wouldn't know that it was a kitchen unless there was a big sign that told me that I am, in fact, in the kitchen. So, you know, and then then thank goodness there's another one that says eat. So I know what to do while I'm in the kitchen. Uh, Otherwise, where would I go? Where would I go to get a cup of coffee? Where would I go to get a snack? I wouldn't know. You go into my family room. I know it's my family room. Because on the wall, it says family. In fact, there's a couch. There's a couch on the cushion. There's a pillow on the couch that says family, right? So it lets me know. This is, in fact, twice over. This is my family room. I go into the dining room. I know what to do. I am welcome. And this is where we gather, right? And you might walk up to our front door and you would see, you know, welcome. Or you're going to know what season it is, right? <laughs> Happy fall, y'all. So there's, there's all these sayings that we, that we put, and sometimes they're, they're, they're faith-filled. And, and uh, one I want to look at today, you know, have you ever heard, I'm blessed and highly favored? Right? I am too blessed to be stressed. Sometimes they just leave it to one word, blessed. Hashtag blessed. In fact, you might have it on a, on a T-shirt. Uh, it's, it is getting a little chilly in here, but I'm going to go ahead and 
take off my coat. I hope that's, I hope that's okay. But you might have it on a shirt. Hashtag blessed, right? And this is, uh, by the way, this is a one of a kind. We can get together afterwards. You can go, you go to the highest bidder. It's going to raise money for a family in Illinois. Uh, they have six kids. Uh, so we'll take, uh, you know, if you need to know how to spell thousand, just uh, let me know. I'll help you out with that. Double X is, I hope that's not a problem either. It'll, it'll fit two of you if you need. Um, so, but, but hashtag blessed. What is, what is that even? I mean, they're, they're just sayings that could just float on by. And, and in fact, somebody could look at it. Oh, there, there they go again. Hashtag blessed. That's WWJD. You know, whatever the thing. When in fact it has, its, it's original intent has power, right? Its original intent has meaning. I walked into church one time. And uh, in the bathroom, in the men's bathroom, I picked the right one. In the men's bathroom, above the urinal, was just this an encouraging scripture. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So I don't know if, they, if they, that was on purpose, but um, the way my mind reads things, that was funny. <laughs> right? You could even... Uh, be encouraged with Jeff's scripture last week, right? I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Just a little encouragement. In, the, in fact, like, that was my wife, you know, she has no signs in the bathroom with words on it. I got a couple of options, you know, we got kitchen and eat and we know where to gather. I got a couple words that, that I suggested that she did not go along with. Um, but we have, we have the sayings, hashtag blessed, blessed and highly favored. What does that mean? Because here's what I believe. I believe if we truly understood if we knew who we are, and don't let this be a cliche, but if we knew who we are and whose we are, it would change everything. It would truly change how we live. It would change the way how we interact with people. It would change what we think and feel about ourselves. Right? It would change everything. So if you have your, your Bibles, would you turn with me to Romans 8? We're going to... Start in verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Here it is in verse 14. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are, listen, sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received, here it is, the spirit of adoption as sons. By whom we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy, God, Papa. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children, listen, children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. Now listen, Paul is using this idea of adoption. And what we have today in our time, in our culture in our context, with adoption, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It really is. But we don't have the same understanding of adoption that, that Paul has when he's writing to this Greco-Roman culture, right? When he's writing the book of Romans. So Paul is writing, and his understanding of adoption, he chose his words, and he chose them wisely because he, he, he knew what adoption meant. And many times, you know, today we think of adoption, we think of, uh, of, of children, 
even infants, you know, that we would adopt them. Um, but we don't think of somebody who's like over 18 adopting them. See, they didn't have those age barriers where 18, uh, someone becomes an adult. And, but they, they often would adopt adult, not adult children, well, probably. But they would adopt adults, in some cases, adult children, right? So adoption was happening for adults. And adoption meant this. An adopted child received a new identity. Sound, sound a little familiar when you're thinking about salvation? We'll get to some of those scriptures. He received a new identity. Any prior commitments and responsibilities and debts were erased. New rights and responsibilities were taken on. Listen, if you adopted somebody, you couldn't disown them. You can disown your own kids. The ones that you had naturally, you could disown your own kids. But you could not disown somebody who you adopted. Right? That was a legal arrangement. In ancient Rome, the concept of inheritance it was part of life, not something that just began at death. Being adopted made someone an heir to their father, joint shares in all his possessions, and fully united to him. So listen, when Paul's talking about adoption, he's saying when God adopted you as a child of God, when he adopted you as a son and as a daughter, that you're fully desired. He wanted, he chose, you're fully desired. You are fully loved, and you have this new identity, right? 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone. Behold, check it out, the new has come. You have a new identity. If we understood who we truly are, we would recognize that we are, in fact, Hashtag blessed. We are blessed and highly favored, right? We would be too blessed to be stressed because the old is gone, the new has come. We, we're able to, to say that we have a father, an Abba father, Papa, Daddy, God, who is creator of the universe, who is all-powerful, all-understanding, all-knowing, able to do anything, and he's our dad. And we are joint heirs with Christ Heirs, that means that we have an inheritance. And so, you know, I, I think maybe some are in this situation where you have uncles, aunts, parents who have a lot. And, and maybe, maybe you're not waiting for them to, to die. But you know that when they do, you have an inheritance coming. Or you have a trust fund that says when you get to this, this age. Anybody? Anybody that needs to bless that family in Illinois? Um, but you're waiting till death. We're, we're joint sharers. We have, Jesus said he came to give life and that life more abundant. And he's not talking about just when we die. We are joint sharers in that inheritance even now. The benefits that we have, that we can approach God, right? We're adopted as sons. If we truly understood what it meant to be adopted as a child of God. That's something we just throw around. I'm a child of God. Do we, do we understand what that meant? What that means, what implications that have for us, it changes everything. But Paul addresses this, this mindset of slavery in, in, uh, throughout his writings as he's writing to the church. He, he addresses this mindset of slavery, and we, we saw it in Romans eight fifteen. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you've received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, Abba, Father. But let's, let's back up a little bit in that chapter. 
Romans 8, starting in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the Spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God, for it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Those who are in the flesh cannot please God. You, however, a child of God, are not in the flesh but in the Spirit, if in fact the Spirit of God dwells in you. Then we get to that verse 12 that we started with. And it says, so then. It says, because of all this. So then, know that you're a child of God. Right? Colossians 3, one of my, one of my favorite scriptures. Colossians 3, starting in verse 1, it says, If then you have been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated. Seated at the right hand of God, set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. I love that scripture because it's talking about your life is, is hidden with Christ in God. It means everything that Jesus did, everything that, that he accomplished through the cross and through his death, his burial and resurrection, was to make it available to you to be adopted as a child of God, right? So that you would have access. So he's saying, stop thinking like you used to think. Stop believing that you are who you used to be. You have a new identity. The old has passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Do you still think the way you used to think? And I, I love this because Jesus really gives us all through Scripture this example. As he's putting together the things that he wants to be recorded throughout all of history, as the Holy Spirit is inspiring these authors to write, we learn about the children of Israel. And we learn that they, after being in slavery right, for 400 years, we talked a couple weeks ago about Joseph, right? Joseph comes to Egypt and brings his whole, rescues his whole family, and his family is now in Egypt, uh, saved from the famine. And then they begin to grow as this people group, come as 72, and they left as millions, right? So they come as, as 72 people, they begin to grow. Well, Joseph dies, that Pharaoh that was, was blessing Joseph and his family so much died, and the, the next one comes in, and he's like, what are we doing with all these people they're going to take us over, so let's make them slaves. And so here's this slave nation for 400 years. And God sends Moses to deliver his, his children, and as they've grown now as this, this large nation, to deliver them out of slavery, not just out of Egypt, but out of slavery. So don't you think it's interesting that Moses himself did not grow up in the slave nation? He was a Hebrew and yet he grows up royalty, that God would have it so he would be put in a basket, sailed down the river, only to be met and raised by Pharaoh in his house as royalty. See, Moses grew up, and he didn't have the mentality of a slave. Paul's addressing in the New Testament, don't, don't return to this mindset of, of being a slave to fear. Don't return to this mindset that you're, you're a slave to sin any longer because you are a new creation. Old things have passed away. All things have become new. You are new in Christ. But throughout their wilderness journey, they would find what, what happened to, uh, to their thinking when they faced their first obstacle, the Red Sea. You guys remember that story? They come up to the Red Sea. 
Pharaoh's changed his mind. He's like, I'm not going to let the people go. What am I thinking? That's our workforce. That's our slave labor. So he's coming after them with his army. In front of them, the sea. Behind them, the army. And what do they do? Oh, let's raise up another leader, right? They begin to complain. And they have that slave mentality. What are we, what are we thinking? That, that, that God would bring us out here in the wilderness to, to die, right? And, and, of course, God does what he does. By the way, they've seen God's hand, Right? The way that they were delivered from slavery in Egypt was because God supernaturally moved time and time and time again in big and miraculous ways. In fact, he's leading them now with a cloud, supernatural cloud by day and a supernatural fire by night. He is literally leading them through and they face an obstacle and they're like, whoa, let's go back. Let's go back to being slaves. They have that slave mentality. But of course, through Moses, God parts the Red Sea they walk through on dry land. Pharaoh's army is destroyed, right? Enough said. Like, they're going to change their mindset now, right? No. They continue. They continue that slave mentality. In fact, God gets them to a, a mountain. He says, my, my spirit's going to descend on this mountain. There's thunder. There's lightning. God's showing up, right? He's awesome. He's powerful. And he calls the whole nation to himself. And what do they say? No, 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 no. Moses, you, you go for us. You come back and you tell us what God said. Is that what a child would say? No, but it's what a slave would say. They had that slave mentality. And so where God wanted everyone, right, to have a relationship with, like he had with Moses, that he would say of Moses, he, he's, he talks to me like a friend. It's only Moses that goes into the presence of God. Of God, and, and they're they saying, you go with us. In fact, as this, the, the presence of God would descend on, the, on the, the tabernacle, they would be standing at their tent doors watching, just watching as Moses is talking to God and then waiting to hear what Moses would say. Does that sound like a child? No, they were stuck in that slave mentality. God would provide supernatural food called manna that would just rain down. All they had to do was go gather it. And they could eat it. Like, it was referred to as like sweet bread. And would they do what they were told and just gather enough for that day because there's going to be more provided for you tomorrow by your daddy God who loves you so much? No. They would gather more, right? More than they were supposed to because they're like, I don't know if this is going to happen tomorrow, so I'm going to grab more. And then it would turn to worms, right? Because they were only supposed to gather enough for that day. And so time and time again, as they're going through the wilderness, they had this mindset that hadn't changed. They were still living as they were slaves. And then here's Paul's concern for us, is that we would do the same thing. Is that even though we are children of God, sons and daughters of the creator of the universe, get that. And he even uses that, that term, Abba Father, that's Daddy God, that's Papa God. That's not Father that's daddy, right? And even though we would be children of the Most High, the Eternal, his concern is that we would still operate like we were slaves to sin. We would still have that slave mentality. Egypt, or uh, the Israelites, even though they were free from Egypt, they still struggled with that throughout. Know who... Your papa, daddy, God is. Understand who you are. You're a child of God. That we are, that you are, literally, 
Hashtag blessed, right? We are blessed and highly favored. We are truly too blessed to be stressed. Here it is in, in Galatians 4. Paul, we hear Paul's concern. But when the fullness of time had come, starting in verse 4, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law. Speaking of Jesus. Here it is. So that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. Formerly, you did not know God. You were enslaved to those that by nature are not gods. But now that you have come to know God, or rather be known by God, how can you turn back? To hear his concern, how can you turn back to the weak and worthless elementary principles of the world whose slaves you want to be once more? He's saying, how can you do it? And we would say, we would look back to the Israelites and say the same thing. Are you serious? He's bringing water from a rock. He's leading you through, he's parted the Red Sea. He's leading you by cloud by day, fire by night. You've got manna raining down as food. How can you think the way you think? How can you, when Moses was literally on top of the mountain, receiving the Ten Commandments, what were they doing at the bottom? They were collecting all their gold and melting it and fashioning a golden calf. And they're saying, this is the God, this calf, this man, the the thing that they are literally making, this is the God who delivered us from, from slavery, delivered us from Egypt. So Paul's Paul concern is, is there for a reason. He's seen it. He's seen it with his people. And so his concern with the believers is that they would no longer be a slave to, the, the slave to fear, no longer have that slave mentality, but realize that they are sons of God, not just any God, sons and daughters of Abba Father, Papa Daddy God. He's concerned about their mentality. We can go all the way back to Genesis. If you turn with me to Genesis 1.27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them. Hashtag blessed. Genesis 2 tells us a little, little more detail in, in, in the creation. Then the Lord God formed the man of dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living creature. Um, shameless, shameless plug for our a small group happening at 4 o'clock um, on, on how to worship a king. Um, this is one of the things, one of the examples that, that uh, was brought out of that teaching last week as we started. Um, that God would, would, would kneel down, when he said form to the dust, that he, he would literally grab that, that clay, that dust, that dirt, and form it in his hand and Think about that. When, when you play with clay or with silly putty or whatever that is, and, and one of the coolest things is that you leave your fingerprints all over it, right? Our, God's fingerprints are all over us as his creation. He's created us in his image. And then the, the, he would take that lump of lifeless clay, dirt, dust, that body, and get close enough to breathe into our nostrils that we would be alive. But we are body formed of that dust and we are spirit and so what happened with sin is that death came not just to the body but to the spirit 
And so all, all of Scripture is this redemption story of God making a way for us to become sons and daughters again, right? Making a way for us to be united with him for all of eternity. And so now we know that because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, that this body is going to die, but that our spirit will live forever in eternity. And he gives us a new body, right? So this is all about what he desired at creation, was lost with sin, and he's going to send Jesus to make it right so that we, with body and spirit, will be united with him. Check it out. We've, we've already, uh, I believe we read this in Romans 8.10. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is life because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit that dwells in you. From the beginning, that was his design, right? That we would live for eternity with him. And so he's sent Jesus to fix the problem of sin and death. And so now we have the promise because of our Abba Father, our Papa Daddy, has adopted us as children of God to live again, body and spirit, with him for all of eternity. You are a child of God. Listen as, as Paul has this theme throughout Scripture. Galatians 4, 7. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir. Galatians three twenty six. For in Christ Jesus, you are all sons of God through faith. Even the Apostle John gets in. But to all who have received him, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And then we've read in Romans 16, 8, 16, the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And finally in Ephesians 5, therefore be imitators of God. Why? Because you are beloved children. Okay, so we're, we're hashtag blessed, right? We're, we're children of God. Let me tell you what that means. Children have access. Children have access that Nobody else has, right? I, I have a, a son, Arrow, Benjamin Arrow. He's going to turn two in November. And um, he'll wake up in the morning, usually before me, always, be, let's, let's be honest, always before me. And so then Jen's up and, and uh, yes, I know, shame me later. Um, but so she'll go and, and, and get Arrow, and, and then so when, when, when I wake up, Arrow's coming in, right? Jen's bringing him up, and he's running down the hallway, and he's, you know, busting in. Toddlers just, they don't know how to come in a door, right? They don't know how to, how to knock. And so he's just, boom, baby, you know what I mean? Just busting through the door. And if I'm still in bed, then he, I just hear it, dead, dead, dead. And he's got this low voice, like, you know, remember the, the cartoon of the, some of you do with the baby with the five o'clock shadow and the cigar, you know, like, <laughs> dude, back when the cartoons could smoke. And yeah, so he, he had, uh, he has this low, low voice and they'll bust through the door, dad, dad. And sometimes I'm not in bed. I'm in my throne room. That doesn't stop my child who has access. I've got double doors leading to the, the bathroom. In case you're in a hurry, I don't know. So uh, he'll come to those double doors, and the same thing, boom, both doors fly open. He's in there. 
I'm seated on my throne, and, and he's right up in my face. Dad, dad, dad. He has access. He has every right to do that. If you come to my house, and you come into my bedroom when I first wake up, and you come into my throne room, we're probably going to have words, right? You can come over for dinner. That's fine. If for some reason you need a place to stay, maybe, maybe. But don't come into my bedroom first thing in the morning. And definitely you don't have access, right? Children have access. Children have access. Listen to it in Scripture. Ephesians 3. In whom, whom being Jesus, we have boldness and access with confidence through our faith in him. Again, in Hebrews, different writer, 4, verse 16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace. Because of Jesus, because of the work he did on the cross, because we are now then adopted as sons and daughters of God, we have access to the throne of the Almighty. You can come boldly before his throne with a freedom and a confidence. I love the language. Boldly you can come and approach his throne with a freedom and a confidence. Because of what Jesus did, he gives us access. You don't have to come to a pastor to get to God. You don't have to come to a priest to get to God. You don't have to come to anybody because you've come through Jesus. You are a joint heir with Christ. Some, some of the things that, that maybe if you grew up in the church, you would notice that people would call each other brothers and sisters. Brother Joe, right? Sister so-and-so. Like it would be a, it's a thing. I think they were maybe on to something because it was a constant reminder that we are children of God. That we are joint heirs with Christ. That we have an inheritance. That we have access. I love what, what Paul, th that Romans chapter 8. If you get a chance, just sit down for a little bit. Kind of read through that, that whole chapter. But Paul continues with that idea of adoption. Pushing against that, that slave mindset, that slave mentality. And in, in verse 31, he's saying this. Because God is for us. Who can be against us? Because if Abba Father, I can guarantee my two-year-old isn't afraid of much, right? Especially when, when I'm holding him. If God is for us, who can be against us? Romans 8.37. He's not going to disown us. He can't. He's bound by his own rules, his own love for us. That we're adopted as children of God. And I believe you, you can walk away from that love, but he will never disown you. Romans 8.37, Knowing all things that we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything, in case he forgot something, <laughs> nor anything in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. You are hashtag blessed. 
You are blessed and highly favored. We are really too blessed to be stressed. We know that this body is going to die, but our hope and our promise is for eternity. Right? He gives new life to our mortal bodies and life to our spirit. And nothing can separate us from Abba Father, our Papa God. Would you pray with me? God, we thank you. God, we thank you that, that you didn't just stop when Adam decided to, to sin in the garden. That you didn't just stop and do something new. But you decided to weave this redemption story throughout all of Scripture. God, that we would, through Jesus, through faith in him, be adopted as sons and daughters of the eternal, of the almighty of our Papa, Daddy, God. And because of that, we have access to, to you. We can boldly, become your, boldly come before your throne with a freedom and a confidence. We can approach you and you want us to. You want us to, to come into your presence. So God, we, we decide that we're gonna come into your presence, God, with a boldness, with the boldness of a child. God, and we, we take that slave mentality, God, and we throw it where it rightly belongs, in the trash. God, help us to renew our mind. Help us to change our stinking thinking. God, that we would follow you and no longer be that slave to, to sin and to fear and to doubt, but understand who we are as a child of God. And if a child of God, an heir, a joint heir with Christ. We bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Renaissance Podcast. I hope that God has spoken to you through this message and that you're encouraged to continue pursuing Him. If you would like to get connected with what's going on here at Renaissance, then find us on social media or visit us online at rendicator.org. Remember to check out the Renaissance Church at Home page for online worship, sermons, and children's programs that are being offered during the COVID-19 outbreak.